welcome back to Young and Wifed Up. This is Marcella. And I'm Gabby. And thanks for joining us this week for another episode. We have tons of resources for today's episode, so please go to youngandwifedup.com to see all 3,000 of them. <laughs> Practically all 3,000. Yes. but it's all, good. All ex- very necessary. Vital. Extremely necessary. Yes. <laughs> um, also, be sure to check out our Facebook group and subscribe to our YouTube channel. It's all the same, Young and Wifed Up. All the logos are the same, so it should be pretty easy to find. Um, and if you would like to support us, you can buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com. You can head to our, our website and click the coffee cup. Um, also, shop with our sponsors, which include Imperfect Foods, Covenant Eyes, and Earth Hero. Leave us a five-star review with Boob- <laughs> With <laughs> Apple. <laughs> Apple Podcasts. <laughs> Google, Google, Google. Oh no. <laughs> Google Podcasts and Apple Podcasts. I'm going to take over. And you should also share oh with gosh. your friends and family, especially this yes, please episode. Share this with everyone. You Everybody you know. know. Moms, dads, <laughs> sisters, brothers, everybody at church. Sons and daughters. Your know. next door neighbor. Yeah. Share this episode. It was, I think it's going to be on my top 10 favorite episodes we've ever done. It actually might be on my too. It might be number one. I don't know. (laughs) I don't want to speak too soon. I I will say, you know what? This would be a really good, a really good place to share this episode in particular would be if you're in mom Facebook groups. Mm. Yes. Share it there, sisters. Yes. Share so there. much good wisdom. <laughs> yes, I can't wait. A ton. We've honestly, like, all of our guests this season have been Top fire. Gosh. Like, Top. I think it's my favorite season. And I think it's just going to get better, honestly. I agree. So, before we get started, we're going to have a little catch up, even though we've been, we, guys, we've been grinding tonight and we're not even done because we pre record all <laughs> How of many our weeks episodes. Have you seen me wear this same shirt? I have shirt? worn this black shirt for the past <laughs> month. My hair looks the same. I'm not wearing makeup. We're all the same. It's because we've been sitting here doing this yeah. for hours. It's hot. It's all and for you, like- though. It's all for you guys. Anyway, so Marcella, next week, you are turning 25. 25. However, when we record this... You or will have it, already been 25. Already be 25. <laughs> Marcella's 25 now. I'm 25 now. Right now. This Today. moment, yeah. Um, How does it feel? <laughs> We're, we're very deceptive about this whole thing because you probably think the whole conversation catching up is very organic, but we literally have to figure out what we're going to talk yeah. about when we're doing like three intros back to back, trying to record them. Yeah. So we're like, oh, let's talk about me turning 25. This is not working out very well. Um, What's going to happen when you turn 25? <laughs> um, Something's going to happen. Uh, I'm turning 25. You'll be know. able to rent a car without fees. <gasps> wow yeah get stoked honestly that's not that exciting, as somebody that's been past 25 for almost two years nothing's changed no i believe i'm it. not smarter i'm not <laughs> i'm not thinner i look the same i, I feel the same my sanctification has been you know coming along <laughs> anyway i'm Um, really excited for your birthday though because we're gonna go eat some good food yeah there's like a new restaurant that judd and i tried a few weeks ago and it's 
It's really good. I'm so Top-notch excited. Cocktails also. Although, I mean, none of us are looking to get turned or anything, but... I might. <laughs> I'll get turned on my for, own birthday. for Marcella. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll be good. I'm excited. 25. I'm excited for That you. is really weird that I'm going to be 25, though. Is that weird to you that I'm going to be it's 25? It's weird to me because I think I'm 25 still, even though I know I'm not. <laughs> yeah, sometimes I think I you're feel also like I'm mentally too. 25 still. Like, mm. I'm, I don't want to be. I don't feel that my, way at all. I feel I don't like I'm be 35. In my late 20s, yeah. I just want to hold on to. I get it. What's going to happen when we're no longer young and wifed up? We have to change it to middle aged and wifed up. <laughs> haggard and wiped <laughs> on death's door <laughs> and wiped up meeting jesus and no longer yes, a wife yeah. no longer a wife <laughs> that's when it finally ends in glory <laughs> anyway right. what about you what's going what's going on um with you? today i finished a book Mm. my eighth book of 2022 and i'm feel very accomplished yeah i've officially exceeded my book reading from the previous year because last year i read five and so in one year i read five and this year in the end of the second month i read eight and you're gonna hear more about that and why I've been doing it in this episode yes (laughs) but i was really stoked about this book because i just finished um, Intuitive Eating by Evelyn Triboli. I don't want to say her name wrong. I'm pretty sure it's Triboli. Why would there be an E at the end if you don't say it? Maybe maybe it's Tribble. Either way, mind-shattering good. We've done an episode on intuitive eating before in our first season, episode 22, I believe. And I have been practicing intuitive eating like loosely for the past two years. Um in response to my health condition and also just wanting just a new perspective on healing my my relationship with food and my relationship with my body and i've been really blessed by applying those principles Mm. to um to my life and so i thought like i got it like i don't need to read this book you know and it's it's the official book that was first published yeah. in the 90s about it it's the og and the og eating. yes these yeah. are the women that like they started in response to dieting mm. they started this movement and so i am so thankful and happy that i did read it um because I thought I understood intuitive eating and I was wrong. Like I do, I did, I have the basic concepts and I've been applying them to my life. But honestly, like I have so much work to do. Like I was just Mm. telling you, I can't wait to start like putting these these steps into action. There's just so many actionable steps and just so much psychology that goes into eating. And I don't know, I feel like this new sense of motivation and confidence in my choices to eat a certain way and have my lifestyle a certain way. And it's just been really, really cool. So nice. that's awesome. Yeah. I need to everybody, get on that. Everybody should listen to it or read it. I was able to listen to it for free. Um, well, it's not really for free, but I have an Audible premium account and there's like a list of books that are kind of included with that. And that's one of those books. So if you have Audible Premium or you want to try their free trial, that would be cool if we can get a code for that. (laughs) Oh. Put a pin in that. (laughs) I'm sure we can. Yeah. Just with like Amazon affiliates. Why Why not? not? We'll try to get you guys a code. 
for audible premium. for audible premium because Free it is trial. so awesome anyway so that's that was that's really blessed me this week cool. and i can't wait to nice. start practicing it even more so any go anyway guys we should jump into this interview because it was so good not because of us absolutely not sweet sweet autumn kern (laughs) she's so just so good the best anyway let's get started marcella guess what what last night i made our dinner entirely out of incredible food that could have been thrown out as waste and headed to the landfill no way how imperfect foods Imperfect Foods is a weekly grocery delivery service on a mission to build a better, less wasteful food system. They offer a full lineup of sustainable, affordable groceries that make the weekly chore of grocery shopping an effortless and delightful experience. Imperfect Foods partners with food suppliers, farmers, and small businesses to ensure that delicious food goes into our pantries and instead of the landfill. I feel like you started that sentence really weird. I did. Anyway, you guys have got to try it. Get $20 off your first Imperfect Foods delivery by using our link at youngandwifedup.com. Get it. I don't know about you, but I'm always on the hunt for a convenient shopping experience. However, too much of the stuff we buy today is made without any thought of how it will affect our families and the world tomorrow. What if there was an all-around better way to shop, with the convenience that we all want and the confidence that everything is made, packaged, and shipped sustainably? Earth Hero is exactly that. Earth Hero is a one-stop shop for all your sustainable and eco-friendly products. They have so many products, ranging from beauty supplies, cleaning products, homeware, clothing, baby essentials, and so much more. Join us today on our sustainable journey by using promo code YOUNGANDWIFEDUP for 10% off your entire purchase. Make sure to click the Earth Hero link on our website at youngandwifedup.com to start shopping today. Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining us again today. Today, we are with Autumn Kern, and she is the host of the Commonplace podcast. So hi, Autumn. Welcome to Young and Wifed Up. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm really excited. Awesome. So we have some personal questions before we get into today's topic. And those questions are, how long have you been married? And how many children do you have? And I'd also like to know, how old were you when you started having children? Ooh, okay. So I have been married to my husband, Josh, for almost nine years. And we have three little kids. Uh, We call them the Rascal Berries because they are equal parts delightful and mischievous. (laughs) They are five, three and a half, and one and a half. So we are a tiny gang. I guess we're kind of a large gang of tiny people, really. Um, And I had my oldest when I was 26, almost 27. Awesome. Praise God. And how old were you when you got married? Um, I was 23. Josh was 22. That's awesome. So you were also young and wife dump, just like I, us. Yes, but I don't, I was thinking about that. I don't feel like I count as young and wife dump anymore. Maybe like middle and wife dump. <laughs> well, we, okay. So one of the biggest things that we talk about on our podcast is the idea of the tightest two women that is coming alongside the younger women. And that even means five years younger, yeah. 10 years younger. So even sure. though Marcel and I are still in our mid 
20s. Yeah. You're going to be in your mid-20s starting Actually, next week. mid-20s, yeah. Yes. <laughs> and uh, even though that we're in that season of life, like, the women that are older than us that have older children, we have so much to glean from. And so even though you do still have really little people, we're super excited to have you on today because you have a lot of wisdom to share about topics regarding little people mm-hmm. and how we can care and love on them. So, um, if you can tell us a little bit about your podcast, what got you started on it, and maybe some, if you have any other projects you're working on currently. Sure. So actually all the credit for the podcast goes to my husband. And actually when we first met and we're in those like early conversations where we knew we liked each other, but we were still kind of figuring things out. He made it pretty clear that the woman he married would be homeschooling his children. Like it was a pretty big conviction for him. And I remember sitting under this tree, lovely September day thinking, probably not going to be me, but you're very handsome. (laughs) So here we are so many years later and we are kickstarting formal education this fall. And I've spent the last five ish years learning everything I can about uh, pedagogy, which is like the fancy word for your method of teaching. Mm -hmm. And so early on, I kind of tripped into the classical world, found Charlotte Mason in there and loved everything I read Mm. because It was this full picture of, I think, how God intends for us to grow and learn and be formed in an invitation to know him throughout his world. And that includes how you learn. And so I fell into it pretty hard, loved it. And then again, it was Josh who was finally like, maybe you should start um, a podcast because I would talk to anyone about this stuff. It didn't matter what you were talking about. I would find a way to talk about this. (laughs) And it was like the perfect segue into talking about these lovely ideas. And so um, I now host The Commonplace, which is a podcast for new homeschooling moms to get their bearings in the classical Charlotte Mason world. Um, generally, broadly, we talk about classical, classical education, but in the second season, we are diving into Miss Mason's 20 principles. And while they are for homeschooling, I do think they relate to much more of life because they are principles mm, yeah. about being persons and we are all persons. And mm. so I have gleaned so much from her wisdom, from what she um, studied and taught for so many years. And now I'm trying to share that with moms who are just at the starting line, who feel a little bit overwhelmed when they enter the homeschooling world, Mm. or when they think about what do I do in those years before I pull out books and pencils and rulers. That's me right now. (laughs) Yeah. Like how, how do I get started? Because it's not like it just starts when they turn six and all of a sudden, yeah, you're you're teaching them from the day they land in your arms. Mm -hmm. So, um, Mm. that's my goal is to help moms connect those things, help women connect those things and flush them out into the day to day. And so this season, part of that, we've also added, or I guess I've also added uh, videos to help make what can be kind of like standoffish philosophy, something that's really practical where you can see like your kids doing it. Like it works Mm -hmm. in your home. It's not something for the person squared away in the library. Yeah. That's that's awesome. Yeah. I have been really blessed by your podcast. I recently, over the past year, have been introduced to the Charlotte Mason homeschool method by a lot of friends. Um, and also, my one of my elders' wives started a kind of a book club type of situation. We're going through the Afterthinkers study for the home education book. From Brandy Benzel? Yes. And that, so I'm almost done. I'm almost done with section part five. Okay. Um, so we're getting into the nitty gritty of reading. We just covered ki- the kindergarten years and it's just been such a awesome experience for me, even as somebody that doesn't have children yet, my husband and I 
both fully intend to homeschool. My sister and I were both homeschooled our Mm -hmm. whole lives ourselves. And so we um, have seen the benefit and the fruit of it in our lives. And we even saw how it blessed our mother. And so it wasn't just us that benefited from it, but my mom was able to with her, even though she didn't have a master's degree in education, (laughs) she was able to give us this beautiful and full education that we want to give to our children. And so, yeah, so that's something that we're both really passionate about. We've talked about our experience on homeschooling before. So if you're listening with us today, one of our earlier episodes in season one, Mm -hmm. we called it Unsocialized Homeschoolers. And we just talked about our experience, how it benefited us, how it benefited our family, and kind of went over the usual stereotypical issues that people bring to you when when they find out that you want to homeschool or that you have been homeschooled. And so anyway, do you have anything else to say about that? Um, uh, okay. I'd like to start a petition about your podcast, about the episodes. <laughs> yeah. They are not long enough for Girl. me. They're so short. I was, I was, I, when I first started listening to them, the first one I listened to, I was like, oh my gosh, this is so good. I was just like taking all the information in. And then it was, it was done. It ended like, and I was like, wait, what? <laughs> no. <laughs> I really so, appreciate that. I if do. you can find a way. <laughs> to pack some more information i mean even like a 20 minute 25 minute episode you know i think the one i listened to today was 18 minutes and i was like yes 18 (laughs) a longer one you guys are really kind it's just so good like i think you just have like so many good and wise things to say and we just all need more of that (laughs) yes absolutely so Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I know you're good. I was gonna say, that's the wonderful part about falling into Charlotte Mason or the classical tradition is that you're passing down a heritage that has been built mm. upon for so long, like since the Greeks, right? Mm, and yeah. Built upon these true, noble, lovely things. And so I have the benefit, I think of myself like this with the podcast of just being a protector of and mm. like sharer of the heritage. It's it's not me that's coming up with these great ideas. These aren't new right. flashy things. Right. They're rooted in eternal principles in God's world and they have been passed down and there has been fruit in generation after generation. And I think that's what a mom falls in love with. And like you said, with your mom being blessed by what she was doing, it's because she was all in on something yeah. God is good and she made it her ordinary life to pursue it Mm -hmm. right absolutely yeah so thank you for sharing that with us and also i just want to say that as somebody that's preparing for and i mean i could speak on behalf of both of us because both of us plan on homeschooling Mm -hmm. um our children that when we when we come across certain types of people that we can just relate to they make things that might seem bland on paper. They make it real, you know? And so there's a very few people that I've come across when it comes to education or motivating a mother in that skill that I've really connected with. And I think you are one of those people because you also are a huge um, proponent of self-education for the mother to to love reading to love learning with your child and for your child and not just for your child but for your own pleasure and so we're gonna talk today about mother culture and the first time i heard this term i was like what the heck is that (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> that can mean a lot of different things. <laughs> yeah, I, at first I it kind of sounded like bad. I don't know why it didn't sound like something I would be interested in learning about. But as I started kind of diving into the Charlotte Mason world, I started hearing about it more and started learning about what that meant and what that looked like in my life currently as somebody that doesn't have children. Um, and also just the, I'm so sorry. I lost my train of thought. (laughs) Just the excitement of learning new things and, and getting my bearings as somebody that wants to homeschool. Learning about mother culture was something that motivated me to read more Mm. than I have read before. And so one personal goal that I had for myself this year was to read 20 books just because last year I read five. And honestly, that's that could be a lot for a busy person. But for me, I just felt like I keep having these unrealistic expectations of what reading looks like for myself. Mm -hmm. And so I started just doing audiobooks and then also doing audiobooks pairing it with with physical books and that's something that I found that really worked for me and so since January I I just finished my eighth book today and I've just been so motivated and excited just about all this information that's like floating in my brain now things that are making me think things stories that are beautiful and full living books those sort of things are just it's sparked my love for reading again, the, the same kind of spark that we had when we were children. Mm-hmm. And uh, so reading has a lot to do with this mother culture. So I'm going to let you start by defining what is mother culture and where does that term come from? Yeah. So mother culture at its root is about the continued nurturing of a mom as a person, by which I mean, she continues to learn. Mm-hmm. So, um, the first time mother culture that we know pops up is in about 1892, 1893. And it's a really big phrase in the Charlotte Mason world, but Mason didn't actually talk about it. So it appears in Mason's magazine, which was called the parents review. And there's an article entitled mother culture written by someone named a, and in that she makes the case that a mother needs to continue to grow for herself and for her children. And it's very well written. It's witty. It's delightful. She wins you over very quickly. But she says that the saddest thing you could ever see is a mother all used up who has nothing Mm. to offer her children when they're older because they've given everything in those early years. And that when she's there with her children who have grown in their own curiosities and what they know, what they're wrestling with, she won't basically have anything to offer them anymore. And wouldn't that just be the saddest thing? Yeah. So she actually pokes at a couple of ditches, which I think very interestingly must have been a problem in the 1890s and are still problems today. So there are like three that she covers in this article. And the first is the, the mother martyr that she <laughs> thinks she's sacrificing her mind basically as a sense of duty or uh, self-sacrifice for her family. Like it's a good thing. Mm. And she pokes at that because she says it's not good for families for a mom to not engage her mind. Like that's not Mm. good. It doesn't flow out into your home in a way that benefits anyone. Mm. And it's also just not good as an image bearer. So this kind of gets into the larger person principle. If you know anything about Mason, her first principle is that children are born persons, which means they're born complete with everything 
everything that they need in order to grow and learn. And moms continue to be quote born persons as they continue through their lives. And so you have a mind that needs to be fed just like your body needs to be fed. If you don't eat or you don't eat well, you're not going to move through life in a very good manner. You're not going to be very joyful. You're not going to feel engaged with what's happening around you. The same is true for your mind. If you don't engage it, it's also going to atrophy because it's a muscle. Right. Um, so the second person, the second ditch that she pokes at is the mom who like, just can't take her eyes away from her kid. You know, like they just have perfect hair and perfect little roles and everything they do is so interesting. And so the mom thinks, well, I can't, I can't even look away for a second. And Mm -hmm. I think, I think you'll find like yourself in all three of these women. Like we kind of move Mm -hmm. between them, um, because kids are super funny and cute. It's fun to look at them. Um, but one of her, one of her things in this with mother culture is it's done in about half an hour a day. And I think that helps a mom frame, like no one's dragging you away from the work before you, the ordinary routine and rhythms of motherhood, of being a wife, of being just a homemaker in general, which women are gifted and called to do. Um, those things are good and you're not supposed to ignore them to go pursue mother culture. That would be wrong. And that's where she gets into the third ditch which is um, less obviously noticed, but it's the the woman who thinks that this is some sort of intellectual right that she has, that she should pursue this because it's more noble and it's better and it's more impressive than maybe cleaning the bathrooms or making a good dinner. Mm-hmm. And so again, that 30 mm-hmm. minute barrier is supposed to protect from that as well, that this is done within the fullness of life. And if you're actually pursuing wisdom and virtue, if you're trying to grow in godliness, as hopefully women are in their homes, you can't just bear yourself in a book and think you're doing the better thing. Yeah. So right, she kind right. of works through those three things in her mother culture and ends with a practical um, way to pursue this, which is reading a book for about 30 minutes a day. And Gabby, sort of like you were saying, it gives uh, women things to wrestle with in their minds. It forces you to make judgments about characters, to think about how you measure up to those characters. Are you the type of wife or woman or mom that you read about and you see as a good picture mm-hmm. of a flourishing life of a life-giving woman. It also um, reminds you that you're formed by story. Like we know this um, as Christians that God has given us scripture. He's written us into his story. Story is very impactful for us. And I think um, partly with mother culture, what you're doing when you do, when you pursue this is that you're building your inner thought life, which is just another way to think about your soul. So I like to think about it like it's a hall of mirrors or a room of mirrors. And what you take in is constantly reflecting back and forth and it's forming your image of the good life. And so your primary way of interacting in God's world is what you think is the good life. So whether or not you intentionally choose to put good things in through books, so maybe you read great biographies and great stories and you learn new interesting things or that time is going to get filled with something else and maybe you're scrolling on your phone or you're just picking up the latest news headline but all of those things kind of mix and roll around in your mind reflecting back and forth and they motivate you towards the action in your life so the idea is that if you fill up with the good stuff in that 30 minutes it's going to give you things to do with your mind when your hands are otherwise busy but your mind's not too engaged like when you fold laundry or when you vacuum the house or drive for errands. And so it's something so small, but has such a massive impact in a woman's life. And it's something that can be done from home and it can be done in a short amount of time. And that's, that's kind of how it started. That was the general idea. It has since morphed into a larger, broader, um, understanding. If you go Google it, you're going to see a lot of different things. Um, from homemaking to just learning a new skill or craft, like gardening or playing an instrument or maybe making sourdough bread or whatever it is. But the ultimate point is that you are trying to grow. 
Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you for that. And also, it's just really when you explain the purpose of of it, it's not for like you said in one of her points, it's not so that you can be like, "Oh, I'm just I'm not like those moms. I'm yeah. I'm educating myself." It's not to puff yourself up. It's yeah. to so that you can the the daily grind is being spent thinking on fruitful things and also like i've the from my own experience of the past couple months there was a couple books that i just thought about for weeks and and it changed me you know what i mean so books are extremely um impactful to our mind and i also like that you touched on kind of what's broadening out in in mother culture now is learning a new skill. It's an interesting take on self-care. It's not just, oh, pampering myself just yeah. so that I can turn off my brain and move on. It's cultivating a new talent or skill that or or doing the reading portion that's going to benefit you and your family. And also it is caring for you. Mm -hmm. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I think it's sometimes easy to mistake between the two, like self-sacrifice, even if you want to be reading four hours a day or whatever, (laughs) if you could, if you're one of those people, like self-sacrifice is not the same as self-neglect. And so I think, you know, when we get into, oh, you know, just having that barrier, like you said, of that 30 minutes of just, you know, reading um, helpful things and good things, then you are, yeah, it's like a form of self-care and, and, you know, just like how we need the food, you know, for our body, we need that nourishment for our minds too. So yeah, yeah I, I love, I love everything about that. So now that we've defined mother culture, let's get into the practical ways that we can implement it. So what are some ways that mother culture can be implemented? Um, what, What would it look like besides sitting down and reading for 30 minutes? Is that basically the gist? That's the, I would say that's the heartbeat of it. I think you can pull out some principles though. So I do think the reading life needs to be a part of it. Like, like we're saying, we are narrative creatures by design. God intended for us to be impacted and formed by story. So I think it would be terribly sad if someone didn't engage with reading. It is Mm -hmm. the primary food for your mind, like the living ideas. Um, However, I think there's some principles you can pull and then then you can take and run a couple different ways. So sort of like you guys were just touching on um, self-care can seem very shallow and fragmented in terms of like, well, I just need to go shopping alone. That's what I need to feel better. And it might in the moment, like a lot of times, you know, potato chips are really easy to eat and really fun to eat too. Um, But ultimately what we want to be doing is caring for ourselves in accordance to how God has made us, which is going to bear the most fruit. It's going to also help us love God and neighbor better. So as you pull these principles out, I think you can apply them to a lot of other things. And women should think freely about like being out in nature or learning something new and engaging their hands in mindful, um, good mindful work. So the first it's again, kind of two ditches. It's you might need to learn uh, discipline and self-control. So mm-hmm. if you feel like I'm too busy for this, I don't have half an hour to do something like this. You probably do, even <laughs> if it's not like a perfect 30 minutes of uninterrupted time. Right. Like if you can tell me anything that you saw on Instagram today, you for sure had time to pursue yeah. the better thing. It just is. And I know there are a lot of distractions in our world. And especially in those early years of motherhood, or if you're really busy because you're working outside of the home or whatever it is, 
you can have a lot of things pop up, but it's partly just the self-control angle. And so it helps you grow, set a schedule, just like you would not skip out on like your dentist appointment. If mother culture is scheduled into your day at a regular rhythm, it's probably going to stick, which is one really helpful thing. So just practically, it could be, if your kids are napping, you do it the first 30 minutes of nap time when the house is quiet. Maybe you do it the first 30 minutes after they go to bed or the last 30 minutes before you go to bed, which that one's a little dangerous because it's very easy to doze off on a book 30 minutes <laughs> yeah. before bed after caring for young, young children all day. Um, but maybe you're a morning person. You just get up a little bit earlier. Usually I try to tell people if they really feel like they don't have time, just don't pick up your phone until you've done it. Piece together mm. those 10 minutes of time. Um, I know we mentioned audiobooks. That's a great way to start mm-hmm. reading. Um, when people kind of like poop on the idea, like it's not really reading, I think about how we used to be an auditory culture primarily, like no yeah. one wrote right? books. It, yeah. it was incredible the amount you had to commit to memory and to maintain your habit of attention through that is actually quite difficult for us moderns. So yeah. I think audiobooks is a great way to also, like while you're cleaning, if that's you know one way to do it, start there. Yeah. And on the other side, um, like we said, that 30 minutes keeps you from just diving in and thinking you don't have anything else to do. So one thing um, about growing in self-education is that ultimately at the end, it's not about how much you know. We're not just chasing facts. It's about how mm. much you care. So every mm. time you engage with these ideas or these practices or something you're learning, it should be forming your affections in the right way, which the, the easy phrase to remember is that you should love the right things in the right way at the right time. So if I sit down to read my book and clearly one of my children needs me, like they're in the emotional stinks or they just need some help, whatever it is, and I insist that I need to be reading I'm not pursuing virtue. I'm not growing. Like I've made it into a to-do list because I've divorced the idea from love. And that's ultimately the big principle in this is that you want to love God and you want to love neighbor and you want to love the things that he has called good, true, and beautiful. And that's ultimately what you're pursuing here. Now, if you are trying to pursue the reading part of it, um, some helpful tips. One actually is from the article that A wrote um, is to have three different books going. I think about this, like when you'd go on vacation, you don't really know what you want to wear you get there on that day. Books are kind of the same way. So she recommends having three going, a stiff book, which might be a really like heady old book if you're trying to get to the classics or maybe like a deep theological read or something. Um, The second one is moderately easy. Maybe you're trying to read, um, you know, a new book, like I would recommend Piranesi or pull up some Jane Austen. She'll have you laughing. Um, And then your last one would be a novel. So you're going to want to have a good story that you can get lost in. Um, And having those means that no matter what kind of mood you're in, no matter how tired you are, have you been up all night with a baby? Are you just so ragged from the day? There's probably something you want to read. If you just have one book, there's a good chance you're not going to want to read it at a certain point in time. And you're just not going to read. So don't despise humble efforts in multiple books. That's a good way to read. Um, And then lastly, a practical tip is do not attempt mother culture until you have filled up your children's love tanks. If you just like start your day with mother culture, it's probably not going to go well because your kids need your time, your attention. They need breakfast. They need to use the bathroom. If you don't take care of those things before you attempt to like separate a little bit, it's going to flop. Yeah. I have a question um, regarding the different, like the three different things that you have going that are, I I like that idea because when it's almost like I kind of relate it when I explain to people, like, it's kind of like when you decide you'd like to watch some TV, Mm -hmm. 
you have the casual sitcom that's just kind of chill and you can it's something easily digestible and it's a short amount of time or you have a movie that's this fantastic story that you're super excited to learn and then there's maybe you maybe you want to watch some youtube about learning a new skill you know what i mean there's different ways that we do that we don't even realize that we do it yeah we like categorize we categorize our, things our like already. things for pleasure yeah. things for you know what i mean and so do you do you do the three books yourself that's my question i do i have usually have a, more than three going but i fit with these three categories Awesome. Wait, mm-hmm. can we know what your Wait, three books are? Right I want to get there. I want to get there. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I'm well. super excited to hear that answer. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so before we before we get to what your mother culture looks like right now, can you so say you bring this topic to somebody and they're saying well, what, how is this going to benefit me and my family? It just sounds like another thing that I have to do in my day. What mm-hmm. are the benefits? Yes. Yeah, so this is something, um, I love this question because it does start to feel like a to-do and moms have yeah. a lot of to-do. Women have a lot of to-dos. Um, but I think that it's important that you continue to grow as your children grow or just continue to grow as a woman. I think of that we hear this example all the time for marriage, like the idea of the kids leaving the house and you look at your spouse and you're like, Oh, Hey, who are you? Like, we don't really know each other. And it's because you've just been so focused on your kids or your work or whatever it is through that course of life. Um, and I think young couples take that to heart and they realize they need to prioritize each other as husband and wife and not just mom and dad, or not live separate lives kind of in the same house, because you don't want that to be what happens, you know, in the end or number of years. I think the same thing happens with children. It doesn't have to be when they leave your homeschool. It might just be when they're, you know, 13, 14, a little more independent. And you look at yourself and you think, what do I think about besides like extracurriculars and like my meal plan? What do Mm. I, what am I interested in? What do I, what do I care about? And you feel like you don't maybe know, or you haven't grown, you haven't invested in anything worthwhile. And not that those other things aren't worthwhile. God is sanctifying us and working through the ordinary and extraordinary ways, but he also works through the natural order of how he's created us. And that includes feeding our minds. And so I think it's a very disembodied experience for a woman to not engage her mind. Like we are a whole being. You can't just work part of you or Mm. feed part of you and let the rest of it go. You can't, you can't experience like the fullness of things. Um, and so to that, to that point, you're also just made for this. Um, like I mentioned earlier, you're going to be formed by something you can be intentional about it, but this 30 minutes exists, whether or not you read during it. And it for sure gets filled with snippets of the news, texting your friends, kind of walking around your house, looking for a snack because you don't know what to do social media. Like the time is there and it will be filled. So you can choose to, to take it and make it something really wonderful. Um, or you can just let it go. And I think of a lot of moms who talk, and I'm, I'm one of these, like, I don't want my kids wasting their days on TikTok and Instagram. Like I want them reading Lord of the Rings and playing outside or something, but yet we yeah. don't put that same sort of vision in place for ourselves. Right. And when it comes to habits, you have to make the things you want to do really easy. So if you have the scheduled time or you have books you're interested in, it's a lot easier to pick them up. Um, then you know, just losing 30 minutes, oftentimes like in your phone or doing nothing really, you know what I mean? Watching even maybe a useless TV show or whatever it is. Um, 
And I also think the the larger benefit, because this is not just a selfish pursuit, this is something that I think kind of um, echoes throughout a family is that it spills out of us. Like what we're putting in this hall of mirrors and our souls and our hearts, it's going to pour out, you know, from our hearts, our mouths speak. What we think is the good life is what we're going to pursue on a subconscious level without too much thought and effort. Mm. And so when you think about how, if you change a mom, you change a whole family, you change the atmosphere, you change a village, like it it sends shockwaves through a local community when you get moms on board with something. And so um, when you think about how you want to like love your kids and how you want to love your husband and how you want to grow and like experience this world. I mean, God's world is an invitation to know him and to know his love. And we just so often just kind of like pass by, not with the curiosity or the eyes to see, to be people who encounter God's world. Um, And this is one way to like set that up and then just like ride the rails in your life of having this great habit that continually invites you into that. Yeah. Wow. Have anything? Um, I did want to like kind of piggyback on top of what you were saying. Um, like having that 30 minutes and finding, you know, making a schedule for yourself during your day. And I think, um, I've been hearing a lot about habit stacking recently Mm -hmm. where you just take one thing that you do on a daily basis is something it's second nature to you don't even have to think about and you put the addition of in this case you know reading or even like an audiobook would be really good especially if you know you're a mother just a busy woman in general and your hands are very full all the time so it's like if you know you have you know dinner cleanup at a certain time put your headphones in or something and do your audiobook then and so trying to like attach that 30 minutes on yeah. things that are already happening during your day will make it a, l- a little less overwhelming. You're not necessarily adding time because it's already, you know, attached onto something that's already taking up your time. So you're able to kind of multitask with kind of like the mindless things like the folding, the laundry and, and stuff like that, or dropping the kids off at school or whatever it may be. Yeah. 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 There's a couple benefits that I've seen in my life with doing the reading, getting serious about reading and implementing it into my everyday schedule. The first thing is I do, I do checklists and it's like hard because like, I understand like what you're saying. Like you don't want it to be just like a, a, a stiff to do, but, um, I have everything on a planner and I have like to read my Bible and to read a book and Mm -hmm. to take my vitamins and the, and those are on the habits Mm -hmm. section. So I have my things I have to do, my duties, my responsibilities, and then I have my habits section and I want all because I have five habits that I'm trying to like keep up and having reading a book in that habits I can, I feel a difference when it's like a normal, you know, it's not on a Sunday, like a Monday or Wednesday where I didn't, I didn't do the read your book time and I can tell that I missed it. I was like, dang, like, I'm really sad that I didn't get to do that part of my day, even though it's just, I mean, (laughs) I don't know. It's almost like when you're reading, sometimes when you're reading your Bible, you're not like feeling it. <laughs> you're, oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's sure. like the absence of it. But the absence more. of it. Yeah, yeah. The absence of it. I feel more like if I'm not reading my Bible, I'm like, why do I have such a bad attitude today? <laughs> you know what I mean? It changes Definitely. you. And then with the book thing, I, 
because I am like thinking about the things that I've read or listened to during the day, I can tell that my anxiety levels are a lot lower when I'm thinking about the things that I've, hmm. I've been reading. You know what same? I've noticed that too. Like yeah. I'm not on edge. Like I'm not constantly, my, I'm not on like the, what is it? The merry-go-round of yeah. things going on that I have to think about because I'm thinking about this story that I read or this or a theological book that I'm reading and thinking about the things of God. You know, it's just it's just so interesting that I didn't intend for it to help with my anxiety, but it just did. It just mm-hmm. ends up helping. And so even just if you're like, OK, I'm not a mother yet, which we're going to go into. We're going to touch that later on. Um, as somebody that's not a mother yet, there are more benefits that then then you could even like I didn't even realize that that was going to be a benefit for me and so even if you're not a mother yet and you're like oh I can I'll just wait I'll wait to to cultivate that part of my life when I do have children well then you're going to be missing out on this fantastic yeah. benefit yeah that, why not start now why like, not what start are now? you yeah what could you lose so we are super curious. What does mother culture look like for you right now in your season of life, including the three books that you're reading? And if there's anything else that your your skills are are getting worked on? Yeah. Um, well, part of it is that I share a lot of book recommendations. So a book for you guys is Breaking Bread, Breaking Bread with the Dead by Alan Jacobs. And it's mm. all about how the reading life cures the anxious mind. Um, wow. I'm like everything you're saying, I'm like, guys, you're so classical. You don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. because you are, you are digging deep into like eternal ideas, true yeah. things. Yeah. Time. You're not being tossed to and fro by hot takes on the internet about this thing that happened today, but <laughs> different tomorrow. Um, right. and I kind of like feedback loop can be really difficult. And so anyways, he has a great book. You'll enjoy it. Um, and it's exactly what you're talking about. Okay. Awesome. So, but Wait, you like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's so, it's so good. Um, Okay. So in this season with my three, I am like slowly eking out of the very early little years. Like my three can play together. So this is a slightly different season of life than I've been in before. Hmm. Um, and so I'm able to read a lot more, but I do, I'm very careful about keeping mother culture as something that is separate from content creation. I think if you write or maybe microblog for Instagram, or you create podcasts or blogs, whatever it is, um, you know, that drive, like as you're reading something, you kind of start like tinkering away at what oh, kind of, what can I produce with this? What can yes. this be? Yes. So, that is mother me, culture. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Um, I noticed I, a couple of years ago, I worked for um, a wonderful ministry and I started doing that in my Bible time. Like I'd be like, no wow. brain turn off. That's not what this is for. So I, I took that principle and I ran it into mother culture and it is something separate from content creation because it's supposed to be something that you are personally thinking about and you might need to let be dormant for a while until it mm. comes out to the public. So um, the first thing I do is I make sure my kids love tanks are full always. Um, I do my mother culture in the afternoon. Usually when we have like a little bit of quiet play, like they listen to an audiobook um, and play magnet tiles or something like they're building. So they're, they're with me. I'm still in the room with them. They're right. not separate right. from me. Then I get an actual cup. So I got this tip from another podcast called a thinking love. Um, they're also Charlotte Mason homeschoolers. Cool. And her idea was to have a cup of some sort of liquid water, coffee, tea, whatever. And you tell your kids that they cannot talk to you until the cup is empty. So mm-hmm. the point is that you teach them to come and check your cup 
And if there's liquid in it, they just go back to whatever they were doing so that they're not constantly interrupting you. Wow. That's a great idea. Right. I heard it. And I was like, I've got to try this. So we've been working on it for a little while. My kids are not perfectly following <laughs> the rule, but we're getting better. And I love just having a nice, like warm beverage. Like I like just having some coffee while I read. So it's, yeah. a, it's a nice for me. Um, and then typically this is when I read my stiff read. Um, so that's usually theological or philosophical or something about education. So right mm-hmm. now, um, if I were to pick like my top three in each category, my, my stiff read, well, I guess I'll give you a couple. My stiff read could either be Desiring the Kingdom by James K. Smith, which is all about education and our formation through cultural liturgies. So how do we shape our desires? Because our primary orientation is uh, towards what we think is the good life. It's a feelings-based, non-cognitive. It's not what you think. So it kind of right. challenges that idea of having the right just the right thoughts. That's not enough. You also have to love the right things. Mm. So that's a very interesting read, very applicable to education. And then I'm also reading Paradise Lost by John Milton, which while beautiful is not something you just sit down and breeze through. So those are my chunky. A little bit. Um, and then my my moderately easy, right now I have a Circle of Quiet, which is Madeline Langle. Um, this is part of her Crosswick series, which is more like memoir-ish. So I'm enjoying that. She f- very f- easily flows between the theological and the ordinary. Mm. And I like that. It's interesting. Um, and then I'm also reading uh, Hold On to Your Kids. So that's about just keeping your family's orientation towards like learning from parents, not peers, mm-hmm. um, that your parents should be the primary force of like, what is morality? What is good in life? That kind of stuff. Yeah, so I just started cool. that one. So those two would be more like, um, moderate reads. And then my novel I have been working on for a while. It is Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell by Susanna Clark. I highly recommend it clocks in at over 800 pages. Wow. And, um, so it is taking Ooh, me the girl. of like six or seven months. Like I've been reading this for a while because I can only read fiction when my children are asleep or else yeah. I would ignore them for hours. <laughs> right. So that's part of rightly reading. That's part of the virtue is that I cannot read fiction when they're awake. Cause I will get sucked in and be a terrible mother. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be like, sure, eat whatever. Goodbye. (laughs) Um, Yeah, those are the books I'm reading right now. That's awesome. And are there any other skills that you're working up right now that's outside of content creating? Would you say that content creating is a part of your mother culture? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, hmm. I definitely think so. I think of the commonplace uh, is a bit like narration in Charlotte Mason world. So you read and then you tell back what you've learned with your Mm -hmm. own touch of connection and emotion. And I definitely think that's very, like very much what I'm doing with the commonplace. Um, and I think it builds into my home life and helps me be a better mother teacher. Um, I hope. And so for sure, I've definitely thought of it as self-care the way like the Mm -hmm. world would define self-care, like working on the project is very life-giving. Um, I have also jumped on the sourdough train. I like the, uh, the grounding element of like touch. I like Mm. that there are laws to bread that I cannot change. If I do not follow the laws of bread, the bread will fail. So I like the confines of it, like having to learn to submit to it, I think is a good thing to, to learn. Um, and then I'm also trying to teach myself Latin. It's a fun part of my house. So Latin and sourdough. 
That is <laughs> so awesome. awesome. You've been wanting to do the sourdough train. Yeah, I need. Do you have like a like a book or like a favorite? Like, what was your like? What's your first, favorite method? Like starting? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. So my friend, uh, my friend Faith actually gave me some of her starter because I could not get a starter to grow in my house, um, and so I just failed. And then during COVID, you couldn't find any sourdough materials because everyone True. was like, sourdough. So Faith kindly gave me some sourdough starter. I promptly named it Bonhoeffer, and then. And um, she kind of set me up with a tutorial. So I don't have any books or anything. Like resources. Um, okay. Yeah, I would though, without reading it, which is a dangerous way to recommend something, would be Abigail Dodd's new bread book. Um, I think it's called Bread of Life in which she weaves through like the nature of Christ and bread. And she is a master Ooh. bread maker. And I, I do love what she writes. And I've heard great things about the book. So if you're okay. looking at the book, that might be one. Otherwise, I just go to like the King Arthur website which is right. the fanciest bread answer but i'm a hey, but it's tried and true right yeah, we, yeah. we trust him we trust it king the, arthur it is the <laughs> it is the tastiest uh mother culture activity <laughs> that's okay, awesome thank you for all of your recos we really oh, appreciate man. it okay so marcella can you read the next question after are what we? are the benefits let's see you already asked that what is mother culture? You mean after what does mother yeah, culture yeah, yeah. look like? Okay. Okay. How can we encourage the mother with young children in a busy life to do this? So if there's someone that we know that's a young a young mom and has children or whatever and they seem overwhelmed, what is a good way of going about bringing up this sort of conversation or, you know, encouraging them to get started in it? Yeah. Know that that difficult season is valid. Like it Mm. is hard to find this time. If it feels difficult, it's not because you're failing or you're not like organized enough or something like it is your first child or like your fifth child. Yes. Your capacity grows, but you have a lot of needs right in front of you. You are trying to anticipate and meet them. It is difficult. Mm. Um, Know that this recommendation for mother culture is because it is what's best for you. Not Mm. that it's easiest. Wow. And that's yeah. a Charlotte Mason thing. She runs through a lot of her work is I am telling you something because it's the best for children, not because it will be the easiest thing for you to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so start with what you can and don't despise small things. Like God is very faithful with little things that we are able to do. Um, and so read on your phone while you are nursing in the middle of the night, while you're rocking in the middle of the night, listen to an audiobook in the car. Like you guys mentioned, one of my recommendations is to put an earbud in as you're vacuuming or, you know, walking at the playground, whatever it is. Um, read out loud to your kids. This was something I started doing a little while ago. Um, I of course, you know, read them picture books and chapter books and things, but sometimes I could not find time to read. And so I would just grab my book and read that out loud to them while they played. And fascinatingly enough, they could track with quite a bit of stuff. I was shocked that they understood Pilgrim's Progress because they're little old English. Um, But like, don't underestimate a child, but also just invite them into what you're doing. Just sit down while they're building blocks and they want you to hold them and just read out loud. Like that's another way to do it. You can make this very much part of your normal rhythms and routines. Um, and something that Mason actually did is that for 10 minutes a day, she would read a classic 
10 minutes is not much. Like that's maybe a couple of pages, but over the course of the year, it might be a whole book that you otherwise wouldn't have touched. So yeah. again, yes. find the little things. It doesn't have to be 30 minutes. Like no one is going to come and check for you. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> like Mason is not going to appear <laughs> and tell you. Yeah, she job. did. Homie, she did. It's, yeah. It's a good guideline, oh. but you can, yeah. It's a guideline. Apply it, yeah. To what it's a living you. principle. And honestly, there yeah. have been days where when I feel the guilt for not taking on mother culture. I think that when Mason writes to mom, she's talking about them having a cook, a governess and a maid. And I have none of those things. Yeah. You are the cook, governess and maid. maid. (laughs) Exactly. So there's also (laughs) that. Um, Second to like zoom out a little bit, look at the faces of your children. They're perfect, beautiful little faces that just like squeeze your heart to a million pieces and think about how much you want to show them of God's world, how much you want to chase their curiosities with them. Because when you thought about motherhood, when you think about it now, it is so much more than laundry and snacks and running errands. And those Mm -hmm. things exist. And those things are necessary to build in. They're like the mundane habits of motherhood that build into the meaningful ones. But the meaningful ones is a, like a big, large picture that's relational and it's about connection. And if you're not growing at some point, the connections you're able to make right now are going to stop you're not going to be able to keep doing that. And so all of knowledge is about relating rightly in God's world to what he's made and just delighting and knowing it. Like every single person that's ever been made has a natural desire for knowledge. It's Mm -hmm. why it's so fun to learn something. Mm -hmm. Like to learn something, you have to be able to pay attention. And that's a superpower that only you can command. No one else can make you pay attention to something. And so- When you think about this, think about that big picture of motherhood, that you're building something as big and beautiful as a cathedral that will be passed down for generations, because that is what motherhood is. Like Mm -hmm. that is the power of a woman in a home when she Mm -hmm. is submitted to God and she is trying to translate the gospel into something you can see, touch, taste, hear, and feel. And to do that, to continue to do that at a good pace, as your kids grow, you're going to need to have something like mother culture. You're going to have to, to build into you as a person. Yeah. So go big. Think big. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, cool. yeah. Do you have anything you want to add to that? No. I have absolutely nothing to add to that. It was perfectly said. <laughs> awesome. So, well, how can we encourage a single woman that listens to our podcast because we do have a few that are in the eligible age to be married group and they desire marriage and children. Um and we also have women that do not have children yet. And that includes myself. I am in that category right now where I desire to have children. Um, Children are in the Lord's hands. We believe that children are a blessing and that the Lord is the one that opens the womb. And I have no intention of ignoring um, uh, the ideas of cultivating my spirit as a future mother. I don't want to ignore that part of my life just because it's not there yet. And so I think that when it comes to um, desiring or learning about things about what motherhood is going to look like, it's kind of an interesting perspective that we have. It's, it's, we don't exactly know what it looks like for us yet. And we don't, we do not understand what it's like to be a mother, but if we Mm -hmm. desire that role, 
we're like constantly thinking about it, learning about it. Um, if you're on the trying to conceive grind, you're, you're a, you can become almost consumed by the ideas of becoming a mother and to where you might say, well, I must pause my life until the Lord gives me that role. And I have had many conversations with women that are in this season, the season that I'm currently in, and they feel that way. They feel that I have to pause and wait or I because I am not a mother yet why would I behave like one you know and so um in my life I mean I've I've gone up and down in seasons of you know struggling with the idea that that's not what God has for me right now and deciding like, you know what, like, I just need to live as if it's not going to happen so that I can live in contentment. But then I'm also in seasons, which I feel like the season I'm in right now, where I'm like, you know what, like, if, if I'm going to be a mother one day, I want to be like the best mother I could be. And I can cultivate these sort of virtues and principles in my life now. And it's not something that I have to pause my life for. So With that in mind, I believe that I have been trying in the past six, seven months to implement the idea of mother culture into my life. I talked about earlier in the beginning of the episode how I have read eight books in two months, and that is something that I did not think I was capable of doing. And half of those are audiobooks, so some people might say I cheated, but... (laughs) I was able to narrate back to my husband and anybody else that would possibly hear me. <laughs> Love it. Um, yes. Yeah. And I think, oh my gosh, like narration, that's like a whole other episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because okay. just the idea of repeating back the things that you're learning, it, it, my husband and I are doing that with each other because he's interested in learning the Charlotte Mason method. And it's just like exciting to do as a couple together. So Anyway, with that in mind, what is the encouragement that you could give to people like me or people that may not be married yet, but they do desire this lifestyle and uh, duty that the Lord has given us? Um, How can you encourage them to do mother culture in their life in the season they're currently in? Mm, Yeah, I love this question. I think that um, probably kind of what you just said, and then talking to some girls I know who are in those different stages that you've mentioned. Uh, the one thing is to think that their life either needs to just be on hold or just act like this is never going to happen, right? Like one of yeah. two ways. Or I've also started to pick up on like this sense of guilt if they're able to do these things. If you're talking mm. to a mom who's like bleary eyed and tired, you because they have you know a newborn, whatever. These women feel like they can't say they're tired because well they're not moms. So what do they really know about being right. tired or something right. like that? And so I keep like picking up on this and. I think this is where mother culture kind of steps in and it's, it's, you know, only called mother culture because they were talking to parents of children in schools. That's why it's called mother culture, not because it's just for moms. This is about being a person, like whether you are a mom or not, you have a mind and a spirit and a body. Like you, you need to take care of all these things. God wants to engage you in all of these things. That's why he gave you these faculties. And so the modern woman can find just as many excuses on either side of the ditch as to why she can't do this just as a mom can. And in fact, in some ways I could see in certain respects, it being harder if they are working a full-time job and they are gone from seven till 6 PM at 
night. And then in those little hours, they take care of their home and do things like laundry and meal prep and all that kind of stuff that they might think the mom at home is, well, she's home all day. She could find time to do this whenever. (laughs) So I can see a lot of difficulties on either side, but ultimately it just comes back to, you need this to grow. And we ultimately are, you know, we're women who love God. We're women who want to serve God in whatever capacity or whatever roles he's given us in our lives. And he is, you know, providentially kind to us in these seasons with as little or as much as we can understand that. And our duty is to submit to how he's made his world because he's made his world make sense and we can make sense of it. And he wants us to grow. And so he gives us this natural order in which when you eat a really good diet, that's good for your body and gives your body what you need you're most likely going to feel a lot better. Like you're going to go through the world moving and feeling better. The same is true with your mind. Um, Moms do not need to cultivate a certain part of their minds that women don't need to cultivate. Like they they don't have like a, they have a different assignment, but it's not like only we need to read these good books because we have No, these, these stories, just like we give them to our children and then we read them for ourselves and then we pass them off to our neighbor, it's because they impact us differently. We might all come out being changed slightly differently by the story, but we're all made to be changed by the story. Like we need the story. And so, um, this is just about having a mind and no matter what your vocation is, your work is, what your life looks like, who you're serving, what role you have in the church, whatever it is, this is going to benefit everyone around you. And it's going to be a delight for you. Because again, this is not mm-hmm. a to-do, it's a gift to you. And it's mm-hmm. a it's yeah. a get-to, not have-to sort of thing. Right. Yes. Um, and so I feel like there's a ditch on any side, married, not married, mother, not mother. Um, but ultimately, we don't do this because we're going to be moms. We do this because we're people made in the image of God. And this is how he's made us. That's awesome. Do you have any other questions for Autumn before we move on to our resources? Or thoughts. No. What are you reading right now? Yeah. Um. I. I know you just finished Emma's for Mama. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm in between deciding. I haven't decided on my next. Well, I, you were gonna supposed I to give know. me the excellent wife. She keeps. She keeps promising me that she's gonna give me this. I'm one honestly book that I need to wor- read. I'm worried that I gave it to somebody. <laughs> I know. You let me know so I can buy it if okay. I do. Because <laughs> that was the next one on my list. <laughs> so yeah, who wrote, miss- who wrote that book? The Excellent Wife is by Martha Peace. Okay. All right. I have heard of Emma's for Mama. I think I know who wrote Oh, yeah. That. Who, who, what's the author of Emma's for Mama? What's um, her name? Abby um, Halberstadt, I think. There's like 10 kids, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I do know who that is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so funny. That's like a personality trait. She's the one that has 10 kids. <laughs> well, because it's like two sets of twins or something. Oh, yeah. I know. I know. It's I know. crazy. It's just, yeah, it's insane. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm reading right now. I just finished a book today. So I'm kind of honestly, okay. I start to feel guilty because sometimes I'll pick up a book with all the intentions of reading it and then I get distracted by another one. And then I want to read that one more. (laughs) 100% all the time. Yes. (laughs) So I have, I do have a novel going. It's The Nightingale by Hannah Kristen. And it's not that it's not good. It is very good. It's that another novel caught my attention. And so I read that instead. But now that I'm done with that one, I need to go back to the Nightingale. And then I'm reading um, Vodi Bauckham's um, The Fault Lines. 
Oh, um, talking yeah. about social justice and um, critical race theory. And that one is... That one I reserve just for Sundays, which I'm glad that I have it just for Sundays because I sometimes I really want a, a good theological or um, cultural, like Christian cultural book going on Sundays. Mm-hmm. And so that one I am listening to, which is nice because when I'm getting ready for church in the morning. I just have the on the background and it's really edifying. And then I'm also reading The Right Side of History by Ben Shapiro. And that's kind of like my book that it's very historical and political and it's not very like it's interesting to me, but it's kind of like my stiff book. I want to get into the I have my husband is the one that reads stiff books all the time and he loves them. I have a whole library right to the left of me of (laughs) church history and the, the early church fathers and all these things that I really want to get to, but they're extremely intimidating to me. But honestly, like hearing you talk about it, I think I'm just going to do it. (laughs) Even if it's like one page at a time. That's totally good. Uh, C.S. Lewis has this great thing. It's in his uh, foreword for uh, On the Incarnation by St. Athanasius, where he talks about how people are terrified to meet the greats face to face. Like they want to read a modern's take on something like Paradise Lost Mm. or something, right? And he says that he's so funny, that's C.S. Lewis. But he has this whole thing about how a modern will go and try to sound super smart as they dig into this thing. But if you just go read the original, it was written for you. Like the reason why it's Mm. still has time and still impacts people today is because it's this uncommon work of art that speaks to everyone, like Mm. across cultures, across time, across places. Um, And so you should face, face them. But also I think something, something you're touching on, which is really good is that you're not a book glutton. Like I talk about book gluttony over with the commonplace stuff in which you think I just have to check off all the greats of every list. Like I'm just going to read them just to check them off. And sometimes you're not ready for a book. Sometimes you pick it up and you're like, nope, not now, maybe in a couple of years. And sometimes you get prideful and think you can just read them all. And I yeah. love having a big library, partly because I want to know all these things, but also because it keeps me humble. Like, it doesn't matter. I'm never going to know everything in all these books. Like, yeah. I'm never going to be the source of all wisdom and knowledge. So I think it's really fine to have a book and you like <gasps> another book and you're like, well, I'm going to go read. You know stuff. what? And and I, I need the push. So thank you. Because reading The Right Side of History with Ben Shapiro, there's so much philosophy in it. And he's quoting all of the greats all of them. over and over again. And I'm like, <sighs> is that the book where he starts? Sorry, we're going off topic here, but he's like, we're built on <laughs> Athens and Jerusalem and he goes yes. through all. Okay. I've read that. Yes. It is a hard crash course into Western philosophy. <laughs> yes. Okay. So that's what I mean. It's like my gateway book. You but know? it's so good. That's, a, get, that's um, a heavier gateway book for sure. Yeah. yeah, it is. You should next, you should go to RC Sproul's uh, I, ideas have consequences. No, the consequence of ideas. It's back. There. Okay. It's actually on the shelf with Ben Shapiro. Um, and it's like a deeper, a deeper dive. But once you kind of get your feet wet with him, you can jump into that one. Okay. Great <laughs> yeah. recommendation. So speaking of recommendations, do you have any resources for us? I know you said a bajillion of them and I'm going to have to find all of the links for all of them for my listeners. <laughs> but do you have any other resources that can get somebody started on the topic? Yes. So first one is to go to Ambleside online, which is a free Charlotte Mason curriculum website, tons of resources, but they actually have the parents review articles right there on their website. So you can search mother culture and find the original. You should always start there. Always read the original before you go or even listen to me talk about 
the idea. Like just go enjoy it. Um, it's not difficult to read. It's not like super old English or anything. You'll track just fine. Um, after that, I love that we already mentioned Brandy Vensel because I was going to say head over to Afterthoughts, her blog. Um, I've learned so much from her. She has been homeschooling, I think for like over 20 years. She's yeah. graduated one of her kids. She has three teens now after that. Um, and search mother culture. She has habit trackers. She has her own like continued education journey as a homeschooling mom. She has a ton of resources on there. And then, um, if you're looking to listen to something, if you go back to season one of the commonplace episode six, I have, uh, moms are born persons too. And I took a big dive into beauty, why mothers need beauty. And part of that Mm. comes through mother culture. So there's like a brief kind of introductory idea there. And I think I will sell you on the need for beauty in your life. Yes, you sold me. That's when I listened to the episode, I'm like, that's it. I'm going to have Ron to talk about mother culture. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad. I really enjoyed doing that. I do feel like moms forget that they are people. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. So, do you have any fun recommendations for us today? Like, I mean, any not, hacks? not that all of this I mean, is not all the fun. best fun, but like. <laughs> Let's branch out. We're going to branch out. Do you have any like cooking, cleaning, kid hacks, anything? I do. So I kind of thought I was good at hacks. And when I read about this question, I almost like called some friends to be like, guys, tell me some of my good hacks I've had lately because I can't think of a single one. But I finally came came to it. I have two because not everyone lives in the city like I do, but they both involve my vacuum cleaner. So um, first, if you live in the city like I do and you're not a blessed kind of person who has a driveway and a garage, but you need to um, vacuum your minivan at least once a Mm. week because no matter what you do, that thing is catch-all. Um, what I do is I take my vacuum with me to the playground because I can see all three wow. of my children while they are playing and I can deep clean the van for like an hour and no one's crawling wow. around in it. I have street parking in the city, so I can't just like go out and do this, leave my kids inside willingly. Right. So the playground is the perfect spot for me to deep clean the van. Now, if you don't have that, that doesn't help you in life. The other way I use my vacuum cleaner, which apparently is surprising to people, is in my refrigerator. So I don't know if you've ever tried to get the crumbs from corners in your it's refrigerator. It's a nightmare. And yeah. you can't get them. And your little paper towel is like shredded. And you can still <laughs> see them back behind the bin. And you can't reach there. You go get your vacuum. And you put it on boost and you vacuum your refrigerator and it's perfectly clean. And when anyone opens it, you can just feel like warm and fuzzy inside because you don't have any crumbs in your fridge. Wow. That's a great hack. Did you have ever thought about doing the fridge in the... I have done that before, but it's been another person. Yeah. I never... It's so funny. Like sometimes I think certain things are only for certain things. It's only meant for the floor. I've heard about somebody... Like mopping, mopping their, their walls. walls. Yeah. I was yeah. like, homie, what? Like our walls are dirty? Yeah. What are they? I never thought about like that. The <laughs> they mop it. Like they the literally mop it. Level yeah. wall. <laughs> <laughs> kids yeah. like kind of stash their stuff on the wall. My husband noticed like eye level for about three feet tall, where everything is gross on the wall. <laughs> Okay, Autumn, thank you so much for all of your wisdom that you shared with us today. And I hope this isn't our last conversation together because this was so much fun. Yeah, I had a great time. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Okay, guys, we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.